welcome to Don't Touch Me, the new podcast discussing the black woman's experience with violence against women and girls, which is otherwise known as VORG, domestic violence and abuse, historical child sexual abuse, adverse childhood experiences, otherwise known as ACEs, rape, blame narrative, intergenerational trauma, post-traumatic slave syndrome, stigma, shame, and much, much more. On this journey, I hope to empower black women to reclaim their voices and learn about the support that can be accessed. There will also be regular discussions every week on current legislation, breaking down the legislation and what that means for you. Discussions about policies and organizations to support seeking help, safety and refuge for women and their children. Join me in making hashtag don't touch me a feature amongst all of our socials and having those conversations, those difficult conversations that we all need to start having in order to embrace a full, full healing for our black women. Hashtag black women feel pain too. Please note, if you or anyone you know are experiencing domestic abuse and are at imminent risk of harm, please do call 999 in your first instant. If you would like further advice and guidance on how to contact an organization for support, please email don't underscore touch dot me at yahoo.com. listening to the don't touch me i survive podcast with me your host marcella and this week celebrating everything international women's day 2021 hashtag choose to challenge now this week is just a short episode as i said just to celebrate international women's day and to hail up some powerful women that have made changes in the course of their life as to how we know Britain today, their contributions have made a big impact on black British lives in the United Kingdom. And over the course of the week, we have seen some amazing live events taking place throughout this pandemic. It's, you know, it's been a difficult time and it's been amazing to see that so many women push through and continue with their events online adapting to the changes pushing forward you know on linkedin on instagram on facebook on twitter you know so many zoom sessions of just beautiful empowering women and it's just been amazing to see i've got so much to catch up on as well i've got so many live videos that I've saved to watch this weekend so looking forward to that so happy international women's day which is celebrated on the 8th of March this year 2021 now let's roll right into it with these powerful women um I think this one's quite fitting to begin with um in honor of the nurses that have continued to work throughout the pandemic assisting in saving lives keeping people well all while probably having their own families to look after 
I just want to say thank you and the first woman that I want to hail up is Mary Seacole an amazing woman born in 1805 passed away in 1881 and was a nurse and I feel like she was the one that paved the way for why so many Jamaican women are nurses today uh, you know being a nurse when I was growing up it was something to aspire to it was a respected career it was a rewarding career so many people had so much to give and just wanted to help nurse people back to health and I feel like Mary Seiko definitely paved the way with her courage and her tenacity in just pushing against the resistance because if you think about the times 1805 she's practicing as a nurse in a time where black women didn't really have rights as such and she was a free working woman which is you know quite amazing to hear because obviously at that time so much was happening with enslavement oppression racism and in the face of all of that she still wanted to help and support she came to England in 1854 and again nursing she wanted to help injured British soldiers in the Crimea war so she approached the, go the local government and she sought to get some funding to complete her mission to go and help the British soldiers that were injured but she was denied this funding so in in great style and great Jamaican woman tradition she was told no and she wasn't taking no for an answer she fundraised and raised the money herself and paid for the mission herself and she continued and went on that mission and she did what she set out to do in the first place and I just think that it's so fitting at the moment in this time where so much is is changed so much is different now and when we look over the years of how much women have fought just to stand where we are today and even though we stand where we are today so many of us are still facing so much oppression and we're still pushing back and pushing back and pushing back against resistance I feel like she's a great example of Jamaica's using their get vexed money she was told no she wasn't having it so she decided to continue and do it herself it wasn't until 1991 that she was recognized for an award which was the Jamaican Order of Merit and then in 2004 she was voted the greatest black Britain and then in 2016 a statue was erected in honor of her at St Thomas's Hospital outside the hospital just at the the end of the hospital at the foot of Westminster Bridge and it's a striking structure it's an amazing statue to look at and one can only wonder what it must have been like for her in that time to be helping people that didn't necessarily like her 
simply because of the colour of her skin. So I want to say a big thank you to Mary Seiko for being an inspiration to so many women, so many Jamaican women, so many women from the Caribbean to become nurses and still continue in that career and wanting to help people. And in the face of this pandemic, I just want to say thank you to all nurses that have continued to go to work as tired as they must be and fight this pandemic. So thank you and thank you Mary Seiko. The next person that I'd like to hail up on this International Women's Day is a Miss Connie Mark. Now, she, 1923 to 2007, she was in the British Army as part of the Auxiliary, ter Auxiliary Territorial Services, the ATS in Jamaica, and she came to Britain in 1954. And when she arrived here, again, continued... Um, in her army duties but then she started to support ex-servicemen and women who were West Indian who had fought in the army and that was her that was her one of her main one of her main um daily aspirational things to do reading about this woman wonders will never cease why women like Connie Mark are not spoken of more. For the people that she's helped, you know, she passed away in 2007, so there are many people that have good memories of Connie, of the support they received from her, the, the activeness in her approach in supporting ex-servicemen and women to secure employment, to secure housing, to ensure that they are registered with doctors and are getting the medical attention that they need and to do all of that in the face of not being accepted or wanted in the United Kingdom must again have been very difficult and her and she still pushed she still pushed back in the face of resistance and managed to support so many ex-servicemen and women and I feel like when war is remembered yearly it's so disheartening that West Indian ex-servicemen and women are not honoured in the same way as other servicemen. So thank you Connie Mark for recognising the importance of supporting West Indian ex-servicemen and women. She was also an active member of the actual West Indian and West Indian Servicemen and Women's Association. Sorry. <laughs> And um, she was also the chair of the Mary Seco organization. So the Friends of Mary Seco organization, she was actually the chair of that organization for quite some time. So she continued to just actively support, help, offer her, offer herself to help people that were in times of need. 
do you know and on this international women's day week of celebrations i just feel like it's important to remember those black british women that came here and supported helped with all of the empathy that they had and secured changes you know if you look at mary seco i don't think we would have had so many black women as nurses if it wasn't for mary seco and now moving on to the next person i would like to speak about is phyllis wheatley born in 1753 to 1784 a short life she was born in west africa she was sold and enslaved after arriving in the U.S. on a ship and she was bought by the Wheatley's family. Now, when she arrived, she was named after the ship. So it just made me wonder where her identity's gone. Who is Phyllis before she was Phyllis? Did she even have the opportunity? Did her parents have the opportunity to name her? what must it have been like to step off this boat in a foreign land to be told your name is phyllis and your whole identity is gone i can't even begin to imagine how that must have felt but she was a brave brave young soul and before she came before she came over to the us she wrote her first poem at 14 years old and then at the age of 20 she moved to england with her son and within a year published her first book so her journey on the way to america she stopped over in england she's written a book she's published it at 20 years old and she has a young one and that just goes to show that with everything going on around her she was still able to write a book and get it published that's motivation that's inspiration she took her creative side she dared to dream she dared to hope and she succeeded so on this international women's day i want to say thank you phyllis for being one of those black women that inspired other women to be creative in their writing and take their writing forward to be published to be authors and we have so many amazing African and Caribbean writers today and I just want to thank Phyllis for being part of that history of creating literature that we can now read and enjoy the next lady I'd like to hail up is a Miss Fanny Eaton and this one struck me really hard because she was born in 1853 but on reading about her I couldn't find anywhere that showed her date of death and I just found that you know it gave me goosebumps I just felt like here's a woman that has featured in art pre-Raphaelites artists excuse me I cannot say that word <laughs> but she's appeared in paintings by famous painters and she was a model for these painters and she moved to London from Jamaica and worked at the Royal Academy of Arts so 
how is it such a prominent figure there's no date of death and that really really struck a chord with me so many women are harmed and so many women are killed and here's this woman in a time in 1853 where women black women were not desired as beautiful black women were not on the face of advertisement campaigns nor were they seen as something to be adored or someone to be adored or someone full of beauty this this is 1853 so for someone to be that strikingly beautiful because I, I would encourage you to go and look at the paintings she's beautiful curly hair striking features bright eyes but when you look into the eyes you can see a bit of sorrow and one can only wonder what she must have been thinking what she must have experienced in that time but at the same time the goodness that she must have felt being a model in a time where black people and black women just wasn't seen as a beauty to desire to want to look like to want to be like <clears throat> so it's truly amazing I mean you could call her the first black female supermodel I mean when I was younger in school I can remember seeing a couple of paintings with her face on it but I wasn't curious enough to ask questions and now that I'm older and I'm you know diving back into my history you know rediscovering my reading again I'm realizing that I had so many heroes and heroines and sheroes as, as a child but because I wasn't deep in my reading and consistent in my reading I feel like I've missed out but now in rediscovering that I'm just glad that I am because this is a beautiful story of what I again what I would call the first black supermodel amazing stuff you know on many many paintings go google Fanny Eaton and you will see so much paintings of her and how beautiful she actually is with her natural hair it's just such a shame that her time spent here has been marked with a beginning but not an end but thank you Fanny Eaton for standing up to resistance for having the courage and the bravery to be who you were and to do what you did in a time where if anybody told you that she was modeling for paintings in the, a black woman was modeling for paintings in 1853 in a general conversation at the bus stop you would not believe them but here she is miss fanny eaton please go and search for her the second to last lady that i'd like to hail up is the one and only miss olive morris now another young one 27 years old she you know born 1952 passed away in 1979 but what but what an impact did she make she fought for the rights of black people in England she campaigned out of South London and Manchester 
she was a founding member of the African and Asian Descent Organization and she was also founder of the Brixton Black Women's Group Project. Now one can only start to wonder at the ages of 15, 16, 17 going up to 20 and 21 and 22 years old how rich her awareness must have been in what was happening around her for her to be this young fighting for the rights of black people in England to take this on her shoulders at such a young age it just makes you curious as to what must she have been like her grace her intelligence her need to fight for social justice that powerful urge inside of her to fight for social justice it just makes me wonder how cool must she have been but at the same time how much she may have faced because that is a lot you know in those times which is not that far back you know there was still a lot of resistance there was you know there was so much racism going on and so much resistance against wanting to acknowledge racism so for her to be that young and in the Caribbean community a 20 year old is still a baby a 21 year old you know in our eyes they're just a baby they're, they're, they're still children and here she is making waves in the community in doing what she did so thank you Olive Morris and there must be again with Olive Morris there must be so many people alive today that can remember the support that they received from her that can possibly say that the help that they received from her changed their lives forever that you know they people probably know her and say that you know their life was nearly at the end and she helped save them like there must be so many people the activism that she did she brought in you know she held events where she wasn't even expecting the high number in attendance of what she did and there she go first event 250 to 300 women show up all wanting to fight for the same cause all feeling the same things all feeling from what she's saying because they're all experiencing it and they all want change so thank you Olive Morris and wow what a woman the final woman I want to commemorate commemorate for International Women's Day hashtag choose to challenge 2021 I save this one to last because what a woman power woman turned power couple turned power family I was blown away by this woman's story her name is Mrs. Cura Ann Mary King Ogacon and she was born in Barbados to um, to black merchants C.C. King and Iris Vestina King and she went to Queen's College in Barbados now if you know back then Queen's College that school was purposely built for white upper class and middle class children and it was orig I think it was originally built for young white girls so that they could ha um, have the same education as young white boys 
and she attended this school so there here's this young girl the only black girl in the school and she's excelling in her grades better than had expected by probably any of the officials in that school she then left there and she went on to become a staff nurse and a night nurse but she wanted to, dis uh, to study midwifery so she came to England in 1958 and she continued her studies at East Birmingham Hospital and she completed her qualifications in midwifery and in public health nursing and then she, that's where she met her husband and she married Dr. C. Ogakon and then during their marriage he then became a consultant of West Middlesex Hospital. Now look at that. In the face of everything she's acquired the qualification that she has. She's now excelling in her career and then she meets a doctor, power couple. They go on to have three children. Her husband is from Nigeria and she was from Barbados. They go on to have three children. Their children grow up to be a scientist, a teacher and a social policy researcher. One can only begin to imagine the conversations at dinner time around their table when the daughters were children and as they grew up and went to university and acquired the qualifications that they did and the now careers that they have how rich must those conversations have been you're looking at a power family i think the story of this family is just so amazing and mrs king okakon she then went on to work for the nhs and she did so for some time but during her time working for the NHS I think from what I could read she felt a little bit deflated as to the treatment that she was experiencing working as a black nurse in the NHS white patients didn't want to be treated by black nurses they would often be spat at um, called names and these black women would still go to work because they still wanted to help from what I can see, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the reason why, you know, she had enough. She went to Nigeria, so she took her children and she went to Nigeria, where her husband comes from. Her husband stays here to continue his work. And it's unfortunate that once she's arrived in Nigeria, the Nigeria by Afro War, the Civil War, um, began. And that went on for three years. So here she is, this educated woman from the Caribbean, from Barbados. She'd been to England. She's completed all of her studies, her dreams and her studies. And now here she was in the middle of war. I can't even begin to imagine how she must have felt in that time, having her children around her, fearing whether or not she's going to live or die, whether or not her children are going to live. And she's alone. Technically, it's just her and her children. So she escapes and she flees back to London and when she arrives here she's now a refugee seeking asylum so now she's got to manage that because she's only got the clothes on her back. Eventually she was given a property and in her road to recovery and rebuilding herself she allowed the use of her property for women that were fleeing domestic violence and for people who were going through personal crisis so here is this woman has stepped out of her own crisis 
and she's still continuing to support women and men in their crisis. She opens her home to them. She continues that and then to rebuild herself she starts to do things like Tupperware parties. Now we all remember Tupperware parties. This is why <laughs> one of the reasons why I was smiling when I was reading about this woman is the fact that Tupperware parties were quite popular. So she used Tupperware parties, Avon and Holiday Magic. They were schemes that people could use um, for goods, holidays, pay off your holidays. Now, in all of what she had faced, she then returns to nursing and becomes a nurse for elderly patients. While doing all of this, she's still rebuilding herself. She then becomes, she then becomes part of a charity and the co-founder and the first female coordinator of the WISE project, which was the West Indian self-effort project. Um, and it was a black community and voluntary sector organization that had done so much to redefine statutory provisions in education, health and with elderly citizens. And her charity was always often about addressing the needs of the community and of the black community especially. Within that project she then went on to build the WISE Project Supplementary School and that came about in response to so many black parents disappointed at how the system were failing their children so the school system were failing their children so this came off of that so we've come now full circle and she's now opening up a school a supplementary school and she's keeping on pushing in the face of everything her courage has taken her forward in in all forms of resistance and she's pushing forward and pushing forward she then goes on to be an executive committee and chair mentor of the Barbados Overseas Nursing Association and the choir of Virgo for Fidelis Church up in Norwood. She continued and continued and continued to look adversity in the face and say, I'm not going to have you defeat me. A prominent figure in the community ensuring that a successful attendance to like African and Caribbean fundraising events, dinner dances, exhibitions, shows, concerts, lectures. This is seriously an amazing woman who has had an amazing time of helping, being available, supporting. What a superwoman on this International Women's Day choosing to challenge. I feel like my favourite so far out of all that I've been reading in this book and I'm going to leave the name of the book in the bio for this episode but Mrs. Kira and Mary King Okakon thank you thank you for all that you have done in spite of all that you had faced you still pressed forward and it's such an inspiration story inspirational story to read and I'm sure if you will go and google her and start to read about her journey you will be as inspired as what I am. The book that 
I took these women from was called The Black Londoners, A History by Susan Olkakon. And I'm just thankful for this book. I feel like there's so many sheroes and heroes in this book that our children and their children and their children's children need to know about. Great book. Great people in there. Great, fabulous women. So many black women that contributed to changes in Britain. Thank you and thank you so much for all that you've done in paving the way for us to continue as black women and stand up in the face of adversities and oppressions against us. Just thank you so much for being this inspirational. Just thank you. You have been listening to the Don't Touch Me, I Survive podcast with me, Marcella, celebrating fabulous women for International Women's Day 2021, hashtag choose to challenge. And as I said, it's a short episode this week. Lots to come over the next coming months. And I hope you'll be here listening, joining in the debates and yeah, having those uncomfortable conversations that we need to be having in our communities in order to get change. It's time. Thank you for listening. In this week's episode, it's International Women's Day. Hashtag choose the challenge. And I chose to challenge the narrative and changing the narrative surrounding um, violence against women in regards to women escaping and fleeing violence. And this is something that's dear to my heart. And I hope that I can live up to this challenge for the rest of the year in raising awareness of the accountability that needs to be had um, for perpetrators. So my hashtag choose the challenge is instead of us focusing on why won't she leave, we need to instead ask when will he stop. And that's my hashtag choose to challenge. As we begin to peel the layers away from our ancestral history, as we embrace our authors, past and present, who have paved the way and continue to awaken us out of the numbness of not knowing our full history, as it was just merely discarded, like trash, and as we grow from this knowledge, we can go on to create the legacies we are all striving for. My belief of freedom, it lies between the pages of like great authors. And I do believe that, you know, reading is the road to freedom. And if you look away from those pages for too long, lost is the only way that I can describe that feeling. You know, I got lost. And while I was lost, the system ensured that I remained lost. Picking up a book after so many years, Lost, was a haunting experience so many, many years ago when I decided to get back into my reading. Um, yeah, it was a haunting experience because the words on the pages reminded me of, you know, number one, it reminded me of my value. It reminded me of my worth. Yeah, my worth. And it reminded me of my right as a woman, as a black woman. But it also reminded me of my pains, my turmoil spread across the pages. And each word I read, that feeling of a domino effect hit me hard. And it's just like I remember. 
I remember this world does not want me to take up space in it. I remember the countless times that I've been failed by the system because the Most High dared to create me, a black woman. Flashes of memories reminding me, this is not your home. That my healing is unresolved, that there is no solution in the spaces around me, that a level of pretense is the precedence that is set. Come into these spaces, black woman. Then we get there and realize it is not welcoming after all. So I just want to give a shout out to the many women this week that have sat on news panels and given their opinions in the face of resistance and the courage that they've had. I'm not going to say strength and sh- and all of, you know, you know, the black woman is strong, the black woman is strong. We get it. But there was so much of us that have gone through so much in order to have strength. So I want to thank those women on the panel this week and just give them a great big up because thank you, Dr. Shola. Thank you, Kalechi. Thank you, Gina Yashere. Thank you, Trisha Goddard. And I know it's International Women's Day, but thank you, Alex Beresford. You know, with what's swirling around right now, it's a lot. And many of us are experiencing different feelings from it, but at the same time, experiencing the same feelings from it. So stay safe, stay well. Call your loved ones, text your loved ones, check in with them. Because after the experiences of having to listen to that man, behave in the way he did, after the interview, I don't think anybody will ever forget that moment. You have been listening to the Don't Touch Me, I Survive podcast with me, your host, Marcella. Thank you for listening thus far. And before I head out, as I said, it was a quick episode this week. Um, The upcoming episode's coming soon. I'm having the fantastic Simply Divine back on again, and that's going to be an amazing show. It's, you know, women empowering women basically is what the whole essence of that show is going to be about another upcoming show is going we're gonna i'm gonna be having lovely Maishani, who is a trauma um a trauma specialist and it's going that's going to be an interesting one because that one's going to be navigating the all of the experiences that we face after leaving an abusive relationship so that should be a great show coming up in the next coming episodes watch out for the adverts going out on instagram at marcella underscore don't touch me and also check out the twitter page as well underscore don't touch me underscore again (laughs) 
but all of those links will be in the bio for this episode again thank you for listening and have a fabulous international women's day week do your things enjoy yourselves you know and just keep doing you and choosing to challenge all of the things that we have to challenge you know don't give up as hard as it is surround yourself with love surround yourself with peace and just keep pushing forward happy international women's day and thank you for listening you have been listening to don't touch me i survive podcast with your host marcella